Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs, raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Hello and welcome to episode number 58 of the Familypreneur podcast. When I worked at Facebook, we were assigned clients on a quarterly basis because all of the research identifies that it's the best way to ensure profitability, and that's the same reason why I plan all of my marketing efforts in three-month batches. It's a new year and a new quarter, so if you want to spend less time worrying about marketing your business and more time working in your zone of genius or just playing with your kids, then you need my quarterly campaign planner. This is like three resources in one, or something I should be charging for, but I'm not. It is completely free. So go grab your copy today at megbrunson.com slash plan. Now let's introduce today's guest. She is an administrative system strategist and often referred to as an operations goddess by her clients who specializes in creating, implementing, and managing administrative systems that help streamline businesses, allowing them to operate both effectively and efficiently. When she's not managing her clients, you'll most likely find her playing maid, referee, and cook to her children. It's no wonder system and procedures, checklists and deadlines are her happy place when you learn that her kids are two, three, four, five, and eight. Let's welcome the founder and CEO of Kadia's VA Solutions, Kadia Hale. Hi, Kadia. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me on here. I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you. We connected, gosh, I don't know, a few weeks ago? It seems like a lifetime ago, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but Right. And I loved, you shared bits and pieces of your story with me, and it's unlike any journey or any story of a person that I've actually met, you know, that I actually know. And I think I instantly told you, you have to share this story on my podcast. You did. So I'm really excited that you're here and I'd love to hear, gosh, where do we even start? Right? So <laughs> let's start as close to the beginning as possible, I guess. You know, essentially, you know, growing up, the thought of being an entrepreneur was never in my brain. Like starting my own business, that wasn't something that real people did you know that was like for superheroes you know it just wasn't something I ever thought that I would say my name is Katie and I'm an entrepreneur I own my own business that's not something I ever thought in my life would be a you know a, a journey a road for me and you know I joined the Marine Corps I was convinced that I was going to spend the rest of my life in the Marine Corps and it was going to be great I was going to be like 40 50 and they were going to push me out and that was that was going to be life and as you know the best Laid plans, you know, they <laughs> they never turn out to be what you expect them to be. So um, I did. I ended up leaving the Marine Corps. I did my eight years and I got out of the Marine Corps. 
and eventually I ended up homeless. Um, not not too long actually after the Marine Corps, maybe about a year after I ended up homeless. Um, and that was kind of where I started my journey into entrepreneurship. At that time, I had well, I don't want to say years, actually more than a year because I've had I had three additional kids. So, um, you know, when I did end up homeless, I realized that. I really had to do something different. I was nine months pregnant with my fifth child and childcare is a killer. You guys, childcare is a beast. So, you know, and at that time I would have had like, once I had my fifth child was born, I would have had four, four kids in childcare, like in daycare, not school age, but in daycare. Mm. So that's a lot of money. That was a lot of money. Pretty much. I was making money just to give it to rent and childcare. Like nothing was going home in my pocket. So what were you doing at that time to make money? What was, what did your job look like? Yeah, so I was actually employed by the city of Charlotte. I made good money. So it's not like I was, you know, just like scraping pennies with some poor job. I had a really good job in local government with the city of Charlotte. I worked in the city mayor's office for a time. So, you know, the job was good. Just kept popping out babies. I mean, if I be if I'm being honest, you know, I just kept having babies. They're addicting <laughs> until they start talking. Yours are pretty close together, so I feel like they did, they hadn't started talking yet, and you were like, yeah. "Oh, I could do this." I'm like, yeah, I got this. I mean, they're easy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, you know, I did have a good job at the city, and I actually I became homeless while I was still working with the city. Um. I just, it was poor planning. I made poor choices as far as um, male relationships go. So <laughs> I made poor choices. Um, it happens. It you does. Know? I, uh, in the interest of transparency, I gave someone my money and that was it. They just took it and ran with it. Took it all and ran with it pretty much. Uh. So um, poor choices, myself to blame. And But anyways, you know, I was still working working while I was in a homeless shelter, I would send my kids to the center and go to work, pick them up and go straight back to the homeless shelter. That was our life for a good, let's see, a good three months, a good three months. And then, um, come January, you know, it was getting around time for my youngest to be born. I really had to think about things. I really had to think about whether I wanted to continue this life where I was never getting ahead. Like I was never putting anything in savings. I was, at that point I realized I was never going to be, I had to make a drastic change if I was ever going to actually be able to pocket some money. I had to do something. So I had two simultaneous thoughts. The first one was, I was going to have to leave my job. I know that probably makes sense. You're like, why would you leave your job? That's the only source of income. Right. Well, I had a backup plan. (laughs) So here's what I knew. I knew that as a, as a veteran, I could go to school for free. I knew that my schooling would be covered. But in addition to that, I knew that the Marine Corps would pay me a what's called a housing allowance. And I knew that since I was in a homeless shelter and I had no housing, I could just put that money into starting my business. So that's what I did. I used the the um the monthly housing allowance. Once I enrolled in school, I used that to buy my laptop, buy, you know, all this stuff, all these um necessary tools that I needed to run my business, my virtual system business. And that was essentially where the money came from. That's how I got started. So what did you end up going to school for? Oh, so I'm still in school. I have like two classes left, you guys. I'm actually working on my bachelor's degree in business administration with a certification in small, is it small business management or entrepreneurship or small business management? Sometimes 
sometimes a certificate like that. Here's what I'll say. I can't remember exactly what the scope of it is, except for as my bachelor's in business administration with a certificate in either entrepreneurship and small business management or small business management and something. All the semantics, you know? Right. What I will say, it's all essentially what I'm actively doing now in my business, running my business. So all of that, I figured if I was going to go to school for something that I didn't necessarily want to go to school, except for the money, I might as well use something that I could apply to my business. I know you had that backup plan. Where did that come from? If you didn't have that entrepreneurial influence growing up, I'm wondering what it was that triggered it in your mind that this was a possibility for you. Because it seems like there's a lot, I mean, I can hear all the risk associated with right. it. Right. So it was a really courageous jump. It was, um, all my life, I've kind of always worked off backup plans. My backup plans have backup plans. Okay. So I, um, my skill in the Marine Corps is being able to assess scenarios and think of outcomes. So I realized, you know, in a, in a moment, I can usually assess, you know, what the possible consequences of what my actions might be. So when I made the decision, you know, to, I want to say quit my job. Well, I guess quit. <laughs> Essentially, I quit it. When I made the decision to quit my job, I was aware of what the consequences would be, but I was already in a homeless shelter. So for me, it was like, what else could go wrong? I mean, I, I literally had nothing to my name except for maybe like, a couple suitcases of my kids' clothing. I had a week's worth of clothing for me, and I had all, I brought all my kids' clothes. So, you know, there was really, there was no low point for me. I, at that time, I didn't even have a car, so we would take a public transportation. So there was really nothing I had to lose. I absolutely had nothing to lose. So um, I was like, what What else? I mean, <laughs> why not? It was, it was essentially a why not, why not? And that's what I did. I remember I remember sitting down on my little bed, um, so in the homeless shelter, there's like there's like two areas. There's like this mass area for for everybody, and then the veterans have their own special spot where it's kind of like a a low budget hotel room. Is what I'll call it. It's what, I, it's what I'll call it. <laughs> you know, we have our own little. So like it's it's a little we get a little more private area. So I remember um, when I finally got my little private area, I sat down on my bed. I was like, okay, I'm gonna map out what I need to get this business under up and running. And I decided on administrative support business because I've done administrative support my whole life. I love it. It's just, it's what I do. It's what I love. And I'm like, well, yeah, I can do this. You know, I started looking at, um, I figured out the term for that. I could do a virtual assistant business. I'm like, oh yeah, I could do that. Okay. So, you know, I made a list. I still got my list to this day of like my, the plan I made and the deadlines I set for myself. But, you know, I made that list. You know, I wrote down what costs, the max amount of costs of what it would take for me to start my business. And then, you know, I just made a plan for, like deadlines. I set myself deadlines and I made sure I stuck to those deadlines. I made a deadline to be out of the homeless shelter by the time my, by the time at that time, I guess he was like, my oldest was five, maybe. But by, by the time his next birthday come, which was August 20th, I was like, by August 20th of 2016, yes, I, I'm newly not homeless. I, it's about to be two years soon. So it's not like I've been, you know, in the game for a long time, but, um, I remember I said about August the 20th, I need to be in my own house. By August 6th, I had moved into my own apartment. I was able to pay two years rent up front. So I still haven't, like right wow. now, <laughs> like right now, I still haven't had to pay rent since I've been here. So two years rent up front? Yeah, up front. Where did that come from? Was <laughs> that? <laughs> I was able to save my money from, from the VA for the school and the monthly housing allowance. But in addition to that, I also received, um, I also received the Pell Grant, and that was um, useful because the Marine Corps was already paying for my school. Like, I had no 
out of cost expenses at the time. So I, I saved the Pell Grant and then I used that Pell Grant actually to go an event in New York. There was an event in New York I was invited to on Facebook <laughs> and it was um, hosted by the Red, Red Elephant Group. And I went to that event. It cost me, I went to the, actually, I went to that event with, um, it was like $9 to my name. I couldn't even pay the babysitter to watch my kids overnight, but she was like, go. She's like, I will watch them go and we will work it out later. That's what she said. And I went there with $9, nine, maybe it was $10 to my name. And I went to this, um, this event, it was called the Slater Success Coaching. And I left that event with a client. I got my first client there. And then in addition to getting my first client there, the um, host of the event, her name was Ivy Slater. She gave everyone who paid for the event, she gave them all refunds. So, you know, I, yeah, everyone got a refund check. So I remember. That's unheard of. Like I said, going there with nine, maybe it was $10. And then coming back with whatever two, I don't want to do the math, you guys. Whatever $296 plus $10 is. So uh, what, $306? So I came back with $306 and I just gave it all to the babysitter. <laughs> I, remember, I was like. Here you go. This is what I have for you. I was like, I had no idea how I was going to pay her. I had no idea how I was even going to, you know, you know, pay for the plane. It just, it just worked itself out. Like I was able to sign my first client for the first month she paid. I was, I was working like pennies on the dollar that I was, <laughs> I wasn't working for too much, but she paid me six months in advance. Now when she signed that contract, she paid me six months in advance. And then from there, she just introduced me to so many other people that I just, I really just kept getting clients. Like I had to do no actual marketing for myself. So she just kept sending me clients and then they send me clients. And then next thing you know, I had a a full scale business, I guess you could say. Um, And you were out of the shelter and into an apartment. Out of shelter, into the apartment. Um, You know, and it was a struggle for a while. I remember actually, I, when I moved here, cause I'm in the same apartment that I was in, um, I had no furniture, no anything. And then I went to um, <laughs> I went to go look at furniture so I could make a plan because that's what, like I tell I plan everything, you guys. I don't want to just up and on a whim and do stuff. I went to the um value city furniture. I remember I was like, okay, well my kids my kids need beds first. I listed a priority of what was needed. You know, I had nothing on the list for me. It was literally like all stuff for the kids, stuff for the kitchen. There was like nothing on my list. And I went to the Value City. I was like, this is what I need. Can I get, like, prices of things? And I got to talking with a guy. He was a former veteran. Um, and I just, it was a front. I told my situation. I was like, we're moving into our first home from being homeless, and we need, like, some cheap stuff. Tell me why they housed, they furniture, they put furniture in my whole house for free. Like, what? no cost, no nothing, no joke. Like, my kids got bunk beds, and I wasn't even looking for stuff for me. I wasn't even looking for, like, a bed or anything. I was going to sleep on the floor. I was fully prepared to sleep on the floor. But I'm talking about they fully furnished this whole place. It was, well, I don't want to think about it. It was, I was so blessed. I will say that. I was, because that's not what I was expecting. I was expecting to lay out a plan and like budget this and buy like one piece at a time. And this gentleman, he just, they took care of it all. It was really phenomenal. It was really something I wasn't expecting. That is amazing. I have goosebumps. It, it was really like, I don't Nice people like that didn't exist in my world. It just, it seems like even talking about it now, it seems like that happened to somebody else. Like that was somebody else's experience. Right. Like that's something you see on those like cute little Facebook video stories. <laughs> right. You're like, yeah, right. It doesn't really happen, but it, it really does happen. I was very blessed. And um, 
it was a challenging road. I'm not going to say it was like all ups and downs. Like it was just like positive stuff happened after. It wasn't like that. It was ups and downs. There were times where I just wanted to, you know, sit in a homeless shelter and just cry. Like, oh my gosh, am I going to do it? Am I going to make it? But, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, how did you do it? How did you keep pushing through? And, you know, there's no big grand reason. You know, for me, it was just really just looking at my kids. Looking at my kids piled into one bed. And thinking they can't live like this. This is not acceptable. For me, it was just, it was not acceptable. It was a combination of that looking at it was not acceptable. And then looking at the surroundings of the other, the mentality of the other people in the shelter. And I will say that the mentality of the other people in the shelter is a real, <laughs> it can really get you down. It, you know, some people are content to be where they're at. For me, that was not, that was not acceptable for me. So I just looked at that surrounding and realized what I did not want for my life. And that I want something different for my kids. And I just, I stuck it out. Did I cry about it? Oh, my curse. Um, yes, I, I did occasionally cry about it. Once my kids were asleep, you know, they never saw me cry about it. But I did definitely occasionally cry about it, you know. And I was like, can you suck it up? Crying is not going to help. And you made a plan. Exactly. I made it. Like, all this stems from my plan. Like, I, I wrote this plan down and I followed my plan to a T, you know. So I'm curious if you could lay out some advice for people on planning. Like, do you have tips for that? You know, I feel like you, you took a, a really bad situation that would debilitate, I think, many people. I can't even fathom being in that situation. And I don't know how I would react. Because the, the truth is, like, nothing is known. Right. Some unknown force could come in tomorrow and any of us could be in the same position that you were in. Right. Anything can happen. Or, you know, it might be something lesser, like something not as, as life-changing, <laughs> not as traumatic. But something as simple as recently, I was in a car accident. And then three weeks later, I was in a second one. I was hit both times. And you feel like life is stacked against you. But instead of getting down, you have to stay positive. You make that plan. You you fit in five doctor appointments a week because you know that you need them to get better. What are your tips for, for setting those to-do lists and then holding yourself accountable? So here's what I'll say. It's easy to make a list of yes. It's easy to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do such and such. It is so easy for us to say that. But for me at the core of it was, I had to believe that I could accomplish it and I had to also remember why I wanted to accomplish it. Like for me, the why was the most important because my why was my kids. I knew that regardless of whatever, my kids deserved to be in a better living situation. That for me was my why. Every time I thought I was getting down, it was getting too hard, I wanted to cry, I wanted to give up. I had to remember, you're not doing this for you. Like for me, and your why could be anything. I mean, it may not be anything like kids. Maybe you just, if it's passion enough for you, maybe making money is your passion. Um, I mean, it's, I'm going to say it's so my passion because I do love making money. <laughs> but for me, my kids are my passion. They were my, they're my soul why. They're why I do anything in my life. And um, every time I got down with making my plan, I really just thought about them. Like, it was like, okay, Kitty is so, example. The marketing aspect, even to this day, is a struggle for me. I do not like promoting myself. Now, I can go promote somebody else like it's nobody's business. I, I can't. But for myself, I'm a behind-the-scenes type of person. So, no, there was times where I was like, okay, Katie, do you really want to go? So 
talk to this person. Like when I went to that event, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was content to just be in the corner. I listened to all these amazing people tell their stories and how they were making six or seven figure businesses and dream. I was just content to do that. That was, I was okay with that. And then I remember thinking, okay, Kitty, you actually have to go make conversations with people. Otherwise you're never going to get a client. You're never going to do that. And I, and when I talked to this um, person who became my first client, I didn't go with the intent for her to be a client. I, Actually, heard her. I was, I was eavesdropping, but um, in my little corner where I did a lot of watching and listening and observing, I heard she had an issue, and I was like, "Well, you could." I just um, I put her aside just a little bit later towards the end of the event. I said, "Oh, I heard you say that you had this issue, and you know, if you do this, this, and this, um, it shouldn't be an issue anymore." And she was like, "That's awesome! I never thought of that." I'm like, "Yeah, well, there you go," <laughs> you know. And um, I remember she was like, "Well, what do you do?" And I, I claimed that I stuck. I'm not going to say it was like some amazing speech. I was like, I told her what I did and the sun opened up and it was like, oh. <laughs> it was not like that at all. When I tell you, I stumbled over my words. I had no idea what I did. It was probably the worst elevator pitch in the world. In the world. It was just atrocious and I would never want to repeat it. <laughs> it was horrible. But she was like, I, <laughs> I remember she was like, she's like, calm down. What do you do? And I told her, I was like, I'm a virtual assistant. I love administ- the administrative side of the back end of businesses. I love just helping support people do administrative tasks. She's like, great. Just pause right there. <laughs> I need your help. <laughs> like that was how our conversation was. She's like, I need your help. And I was like, really? <laughs> like you, you need my help? And I remember saying to myself, oh, thank God I spoke to her. <laughs> you know, that was the first um, light at the end of the tunnel. No, as far as the planning, but if I hadn't remembered my why, like why I was doing this, like for my kids, I can't guarantee I would have followed through with that conversation. I probably would have left with with nothing. I probably, oh, except for um, hopes and dreams. I'd have left with hopes and dreams, which don't feed mouths, you guys. So, <laughs> hopes and dreams do not feed mouths. I love it, and I like. I like that that story illustrates too the whole concept of you have to be willing to just leap and take an imperfect action. You know, even if the time's not right, your elevator speech, you didn't have it down, you know, but you didn't run away when she asked you what you did. You, you fumbled and you spit something out and it was messy and ugly or, you know, like it wasn't polished, but you also led with value. And that's, and another really important thing, right? Like right. with any marketing is people don't want to be sold to, they want to be helped. So you helped her and it left enough of an impression that your elevator pitch didn't have to be polished. Right. You know, and that's, I will say the one thing I have learned throughout this whole experience is for the longest time I was waiting for, so, okay, disclaimer, I didn't just wake up one day and say, I want to own a virtual assistant business. While I was homeless and living in a home, I did think maybe I want to freelance and earn some extra money on this side. How can I do that? So that it wasn't like I just woke up. I was in a home shelter and said, oh my gosh, let me start my own business. It wasn't like that. I originally had the idea of freelancing just to earn some extra cash. <laughs> so, sure, sure. And I say that to say that I put off the freelancing, the idea of freelancing for so long because I was like, I wanted it to be perfect. I just needed to just like, you know, I needed to be, just be awesome, phenomenal, amazing. And what I learned from this whole experience, this whole journey is that it doesn't have to be perfect. It does not have to be perfect. You will find somebody who needs what you have to offer, whether it's perfect or not. So don't let perfection really hold you back from just from starting your journey. Okay. If you're waiting for perfection before you start your journey, you're not going to get anywhere. 
you're not you're not gonna get anywhere at all and I learned that the hard way I probably could have avoided the homeless situation mm, actually no no I'm gonna backtrack <laughs> because only only because if I hadn't been homeless I would have been content to just do like some freelancing I would I don't think I would have thought that I could actually make money with my own business from home I, I don't think I mean maybe it would have who knows but in my mind right now I just don't see that I would have taken that leap to start my business. And I see that a lot with people. Like I interview a lot of people and for a lot of entrepreneurs, there's that one pivotal moment that, and it's usually like a health scare or in your case, I believe potentially being homeless, like a a moment where you feel like you hit rock bottom and, and that's when it hits you that you have to be that superhero that you referenced earlier. <laughs> you know, entrepreneurship didn't just happen that was the superheroes and, and you have to hit rock bottom before you get that motivation to put on the cape and I agree. No, a lot, of, a lot of people ask me like, if you could do it all over again, I would do it the same way. Would I be homeless again? Absolutely. Absolutely. I know people are like, she's crazy. <laughs> she's crazy. Really? I don't think I would have learned what I know today. If being homeless hadn't, if that hadn't happened to me, I don't, I cannot say I would have learned the skills that I learned today. It makes sense. I mean, it totally makes sense. Now, what about your kids? How old are they now? So my kid. <laughs> so Can you my, remember? Because I can't always remember. Right. So. There's no so, judgment, but I'm always like, oh boy. <laughs> all right. So going from youngest to oldest, now they're like, how many kids does she have? <laughs> but uh, my youngest is two. I have a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a four-year-old, a five-year-old, and an eight-year-old. So uh, yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I have one spaced out. <laughs> One out there in left field and the other four back to back. And you know, I'm the same way, but with three back to back (laughs) and one a little out. Okay. And can you tell me a little bit about what are they picking up on from this journey? Like they've obviously been through it with you, but they were young. I mean, they still are young, Yes. but have they picked up on anything from the entrepreneurial journey? If you ask them, they'll tell you that I work too much. <laughs> That's essentially what they picked up. But um, while I can't say what my youngest ones have picked up because they, you know, they're like, the, they just flow with the wind. <laughs> but what I hope I've conveyed to them, what I hope I've been able to, you know, to pass on or whatever to them is that, you know, just to not give up and to just keep striving, not to let your situation get you down. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not my situation. It's how I handle my situation that makes or that has made me. So hopefully, you know, I pass on, on the will to them to, you know, just keep pushing through, just keep striving to be better, to do better. I feel like everyone should always strive to be better, to do better, just as a part of society. <laughs> I mean, I know that that sounds probably vague, but um, I, I truly do that. I feel like it's my mission to always do better, to always be better. And I think that's a perfect segue. Can you tell us a little bit about the movement that you've recently started? Because I mean, it's very rooted in that concept. It is. And um, so my latest movement is, um, I'm so latest, but it's called the Boss Moves Movement. And it's really about, um, it's geared for women. It's about women just taking a stand and making these major moves. And not necessarily in their business, but, you know, also in their life, in the community, you know, just to have that support, that community of people who are supporting you in whatever movements, whatever major moves that you're making in your life and your business and in your community. So, and that's, that's what it's about. I mean, it's about making those major, 
moves. It's not what I consider a major move. It's whatever you consider a major move for you. I love that. Making an impact, making a difference. And like you said before, it sounds vague. Maybe in one sense it's vague, but but it's really like globally applicable. Like if everybody had that thought and whatever it means to them, it, it doesn't even matter because if everybody was following that line of thinking, like the whole world would be lifted up. Exactly. That's I truly believe that. And obviously, I mean, the whole world is not going to have that line of thinking, but maybe one day I can be, let me be naive and think that maybe one day in the future. <laughs> well, well, and the more and more people that you impact, like, that's the thing. You're right. Like there's always going to be those like sour apples or, right. or whatever you want to call them. We'll call them sour <laughs> apples. That's probably appropriate. For... <laughs> but if the majority of people even are on that path, then it's going to drown out the negativity. You know, it's going to be impactful. Like we, I feel like we have a responsibility to try to be positively impactful because you could be impactful and it not be negative. I mean, not be positive, but I do feel like each of us have our own responsibility to be, to bring some type of positive impact to, even if it's just our community, that's okay. If it's one person being impactful to community, let's do it. I'm all for it. Let's promote it. Let's support them. Well, I love everything that you're, I love everything that you're doing. I think that you are pushing that mission forward. And I'm so grateful for you sharing that story. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's going to have goosebumps throughout this half hour or so. It's an amazing story. And I just think that you've done a great job. And I just imagine that your kids are getting that message. And I think that you need to write a book. And I think... (laughs) Yeah. I've got all these plans for you. <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> can you share with us where can people learn more about you, connect with you, work with you? Yes. So you should um definitely connect with me on social media. That's the best place. Um, You can primarily reach me at either you can search Kadia Hell. I'm sure it'll be written somewhere. Or um, Katie is VA Solutions, which is my primary business, my administrative support service business. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Let me go down the list. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all those special places. Um, Definitely social media if you want to call. My kids are waking up, ladies and gentlemen. So (laughs) if you want to call me, I can be reached at 704-517-6590 and I on all messages. So well I will put all of the links in the show notes so that people can just go right there if they want to get those links, make it nice and easy to find you. And I want to thank you again for for being with us today. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You'll find all of the links mentioned in this week's episode and the show notes at megbrunson.com slash fifty eight. Last week we met Beth Griffith. Beth is driven by connecting people to products, services, and experiences that is the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel in their darkest hour. And so she teaches women the financial mindset, marketing, and branding strategies that help women business owners to actually get what it is that they sell into consumers' hands. She runs a six-figure business and has opened a co-working center in Mesa, Arizona called She Works Here, where she teaches workshops and provides resources and space for women to succeed in business. I love the discussion that we had about the science behind money mindset issues. Definitely go back and give that episode a listen. Next week, I am excited to welcome Sapna Shah. She is a mom of triplets and the founder of We Go Kids. 
She is on a mission to take an emotional intelligence approach to everyday parenting by delivering innovative content and products to real parents raising world changers. And we're all raising world changers here, right? You definitely don't want to miss that midweek mastermind with Sapna Shah. And between now and then, you can catch our Family Friday and Marketing Monday episodes on their respective days as well. Have a great week and we'll talk soon. Bye. Do us a favor. Share this podcast to a friend. It's like my mom always says, sharing is caring.